Welcome to GivePod, Greater Vancouver's business podcast, unpacking the challenges and opportunities facing our region. I'm Bridget Anderson, President and CEO of the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. This is the second episode in our series with Vancouver mayoral candidates ahead of the election in October. And today I'm speaking with Mark Marison, candidate for Progress Vancouver and principal at Burrard Strategy. Mark, thanks for making time. No problem, Bridget. So you are obviously not a newcomer to politics. You have advised candidates at the federal level, the provincial level. You are married to former Premier Christy Clark, and you helped create the party that you are running for right now. So why make this jump into municipal politics? What makes you want to run for mayor? Well, for the very reasons that you just outlined, um, I've been working in, uh, in the political arena and on advocacy for almost my entire life. And the issues that are facing Vancouver are issues where we need a mayor that can work extremely well with federal and provincial governments and get what we need from them because, because this is, the city can't do it alone. You mentioned a number of issues. So talk to me about what your vision is for Vancouver and those issues and what would you prioritize? Well, I would, as mayor, I would, my main goal, my overarching vision is to reestablish Vancouver as the social, economic, and cultural center of British Columbia. And I don't think we are anymore. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure exactly when it changed, but it has changed. Um, and I want to restore that. And the way to do that is to have a growing city, a, a growing Vancouver. Uh, last year, 7,000 people left Vancouver as a net number. In British Columbia, there was 100,000 new people that came. There were 100,000 new people that came to British Columbia, which is the largest number that we've seen, I think, in our lifetimes. So that's a pretty big disconnect. And the reason why we're losing people is because we're, and everybody knows people that are leaving Vancouver, is because people can't afford to live here. Young families are, are leaving. Uh, uh, first responders are leaving. Uh, I want to be able to bring them back. And, and, and that's that's one of my biggest, my, my biggest priorities. I don't think you'd hear anybody who would disagree with you that the cost of living in Vancouver is too high for many people. So how would you tackle that then? Like, what are some of the areas that you think that, municipal politics could have an impact on that would change that? Well, one of the things, of course, is um, making it that we can have a broader diversity of the kind of housing options that we have in our city. So, for example, our mayor and council over the last four years spent the last four years coming up with something called the Vancouver Plan. There's a lot of good ideas in the Vancouver Plan, but there aren't any actions that have taken place over the last four years to actually implement them. For example, we need, I think it's pretty obvious to people, we don't need a Vancouver plan to know that we need family-oriented housing around schools and around transit. And it's the kind of thing they could have greenlit at the very beginning of the last four years, but they still haven't done it. Young families couldn't wait, so they've left. And I want to bring them back. You know, one of the things that our members say at the Board of Trade, and we surveyed them back in the spring, and we asked them, you know, what has been their experience in dealing with municipal governments? And we heard overwhelmingly Red tape, delays in permitting are two really big challenges. So how would you address those if you were mayor of Vancouver? Well, first, by, by telegraphing to everybody at City Hall that this is a, a big priority. And we haven't seen that from the current mayor. We've seen a couple of councillors do some, some work on trying to address this permitting issue, but it hasn't really moved the dial very much. We can learn from other cities around us. We can learn from cities like Burnaby and cities like Surrey. But we also need to hold our city, city staff accountable to a vision. And we need everybody to understand that this is a huge priority. It's not just because um, we're not delivering the housing on time, but it's also because this adds cost 
to everything that we're doing. I, I'm not sure the exact amount that it that it adds to a condo, but I think it's something like sixty or seventy thousand dollars just to an average condo. The the cost of of delays, um, and and just by finding a way to reduce those delays, we can immediately see savings on, on, on housing when people want to want to purchase a home. Yeah, and I take your point on that because permitting and zoning, all of that impacts costs when it comes to housing, but. It is a shared responsibility with the federal and provincial government. So how do you see working with those two levels of government to well, make the changes in housing? Well, we definitely need the um, federal government to, to get into uh, uh, support for public housing in a bigger way than it has been. It's been we've had a whole generation now where uh, senior levels of government have not invested the kind of resources required for housing. Um, so I think we really need to 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 push the federal government further. They they have made some steps, so we have to push them further. And with the provincial government, we've seen with um, what happened with uh, the decampment of Strathcona and and and, and other parks that um, because we hadn't built the housing that we needed, there was a scramble to get people into into old hotels. And now again, um, uh, we have an issue with with people living in tents on on Hastings Street, and there's nowhere for people to go. Um, so what we need to really push is to is, is to get this kind of housing uh, built uh, on an emergency basis. You mentioned the tent city there on Hastings and, you know, some of the encampments, maybe Crab Park. And when it comes to homelessness, it it's a complex issue because there's also public safety concerns, pretty significant ones. There's the opioid addiction uh, issues. There's mental health issues. I mean, housing is one piece of the the puzzle of all of this. But what else would you do as mayor to try to solve the situation so that business owners and individuals feel safer in the city? Well, um, we start by saying that this the, the police cannot solve these issues alone. And 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 the, the, these are very very complicated um, complicated issues. But what we've noticed from our current mayor is that he's focused on uh, safe supply and decriminalization of drugs, two things that I fully support. But he spent most of his last four years talking about them. I think what we need to be focusing a lot more of our efforts on is to get people the recovery services that they need when they need it. And this this requires a lot of advocacy with the provincial government. Um, and I would put, put a lot of effort into that. And any comment on one of your uh, uh, competitors talking about adding to the police force to have a bigger police presence? Um, have you thought that far about what you would do in regards to the the size of the police force? Um, I don't. I, I believe that that was a that was a gimmick that 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 candidate had put forward. He talked about a hundred police officers and a hundred nurses. For one thing, if a hundred police officers are required, I would think that um, matching them with a hundred conflict. Uh, resolution specialists would probably be a wiser thing to do. However, we shouldn't be com- we shouldn't be coming up with our policies on this um, to come up with a nice soundbite. We have to come up with these policies to actually address the issues that we're facing. And quite frankly, um, I haven't seen a case that could be made that we need more police in our city. If if somebody can make that case, um, I'm, I, 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 my ears are open. But but I, even the police have told us they can't have they can't deal with all of these issues on their own. We need we need a lot more uh, of a thriving downtown. We need a lot more activity on the street. We need eyes on the street. Um, we need we, we need more young families back 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 downtown. There's a whole bunch of things that happen to make for a, a, a safer city. Uh, it's not 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 with cheap gimmicks like that particular candidate. So, so Mark. You're talking about add-on services um, to support the sort of holistic care. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. 
Uh, you mentioned the the downtown core and the Board of Trade. We've been quite vocal about uh, what we saw the impacts of the pandemic and, and really uh, needing a revitalization of the downtown core. And this is something that you've talked about as well. And you've talked about the family-friendly downtown initiative and a commissioner of the nighttime economy and culture. What does that mean exactly? And how would that uh, help revive our downtown core? Well, with the family-friendly initiative, like let's let's not forget that our downtown is a residential community. There's 100,000 people that live um, on the, on the peninsula, and uh, the, our first focus, of course, has got to be on folks that are living downtown um, and families that live. There's quite a few families that actually live downtown. Um, a lot of them are feeling unsafe, and, and they're spending more time in their condos than they are out in our parks. Um, we we need to do something about that. Um, we need to have more family-friendly, inexpensive family-friendly activities uh, that are put on by the by, by the city. Um, but the, the the main focus, of course, is on the evening, um, at night. Uh, and if you if if you talk to friends that are from anywhere else in the world and they talk about our nightlife, most people say it's 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 pretty pretty weak. Um, and uh, and even for even for the folks that are living downtown, there needs to be more things to do to make it. To make it a fun place to live, so one of the things that I've um, talked about, and I and I went to Amsterdam and I met with the guy. He was the first night mayor. He was the mayor of the night in Amsterdam. And there's a nightmare movement that's that's gone on around the world in larger cities than Vancouver. But the reason why that this kind of a, a person would actually work well in Vancouver, um, and why Vancouver should be put in the same league as New York or Paris or or London, is that our downtown is the most densely populated. Um, residential area in North America after Manhattan. So it's a unique place, which requires um, some some finesse in, in, in terms of how to make it work. So by getting a commissioner of the nighttime economy and culture, I don't call it a nightmare because when you say it quickly, people might think it's a nightmare. Um, but the commissioner of the nighttime economy and culture, this person would be part promoter, part um, negotiator, and part advocate. Um, and would be elected by the stakeholders. That would be the residence associations, the business improvement associations, the the uh, the, the entertainment district in Granville Street. Um, that person would, their job would be to make sure that everybody's getting along, but also that there's there's real stuff happening, real exciting, um, energizing stuff. When we have a thriving culture, uh, arts and culture scene, um, we have a city that people love to live in. So that that's what that person's job would be. And their first order of business would be to uh, transform Granville Street into a, a proper entertainment district, um, choosing probably two blocks to make pedestrian only and to cover it, um, make it active, active, uh, active pedestrian area, well lit and covered like what you see in the, uh, in North, in, on the North Shore with the shipyards. Um, that's a wonderful public space. This is the kind of thing that we can do on Granville Street. Um, and I think that I, I think it's got to be have a broader mix of of, of services and, and 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 restaurants and, and and clubs, so that every kind of person can find a place, find something to do there that they enjoy. And at the same time, still manage the issues around public safety, because even on the Granville Strip, there's concerns there about public safety. So would that fall into this person's role as well? Uh, yes, they would be. That this person would be working with the police as well, um, and 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 the police themselves acknowledge that they need this kind of active this kind of stuff happening um in order to do their jobs so yes this person would be working with the police as well mark you mentioned um one of the 
more disappointing trends that we've seen in people leaving the city because of the high cost of housing and some other issues uh, likely related to the pandemic, people relocating to other areas of the province. Yet we do see a very thriving tech industry in Vancouver um, and, and certainly, you know, life sciences and some other kinds of big emerging uh, companies that are growing quite significantly, a lot of unicorns, they might call them. You know, where do you see the city's biggest growth opportunities and how do we leverage those? Well, the tech industry definitely is a great growth opportunity. More people are working in tech in British Columbia than than in forestry, mining, and oil and gas combined. In fact, our VR and AR industry is second in the world. Um, it's something that I think that um, we don't do a lot enough talking about, and I don't think that we see that our city um, championing this industry as, as much as we should. We need to make sure that we that we we listen to our tech leaders, see what the kind of things that they need in order to make sure that our city can be thriving for them. But I, I take my hats off to our tech industry. They're they're a big success story for our city. One of the challenges they face, besides uh, you know attracting and retaining um, employees, which is a whole other conversation, I think. Um, they are they are under they have challenges in trying to grow their operations simply because there is not enough industrial land for them to be able to continue to scale and grow. Um, is this uh, an issue that's on your radar, and how would you uh, address this? Well, I, I'll address it by listening to them and talking to them about what the, what their needs are. Um, but I, I'm I'm very open to what's required. I, I really do believe that this is our future, and and and, and I, I'd be delighted to see a, a growing tech sector and even more growing tech sector in the future in our city. Um, Mark, question about um, you know why you decided to start uh, a new party, then maybe run under an existing party like the ones that have been around for a while. Um, why did you see a need to create something brand new? Well, um, it actually isn't entirely brand new. There was a new party that, that that grew out of the last election called Yes Vancouver. It was it was it was created about 100 days before the election, mm-hmm. and it was it was dedicated entirely to um, addressing our housing crisis. Um, and and it, it, it did all right, it, it, it got 5% of the vote uh, last time. It was a brand new party. But since then, we've learned a lot over the past four years and the party has been rebranded to be called Progress Vancouver. But when people talk about splitting the vote, splitting the vote, um, the fact is, is that at the municipal level, what, what everybody is finding is that the real spectrum isn't really a lot about left versus right. It's about whether or not you're a welcoming, growing, you want a welcoming, growing, thriving city, or you want an unwelcoming, um, uh, uh, shrinking, unthriving city. And there are left-wing people on the one side of this equation, and there are left-wing people on the other side of the equation. There's right-wing people on one side of the equation, and there's right-wing people on the other side of the equation. That's why we see people, a left-wing person like Gene Swanson, and a more conservative person like Colleen Hardwick, quite often voting together to stop the housing that we need. I mean, splitting the vote is one thing, but certainly there are a lot of candidates running uh, on October 15th for the job of mayor. Does that concern you that there's just so many people in the field? Um, Well, uh, if other people want to drop out between now and the election, they're more than welcome to. Um, (laughs) The fact is is that, no, I'm not concerned about it. What I what I'm looking forward to is a vigorous debate with all the candidates and 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 providing voters with a with a big, broad, uh, big, broad number of uh, choices. And I'm certainly hoping that they'll be voting for me on October 15th. 
And we certainly need people to get out and vote. We have uh, yes. long, like many municipalities, suffered from a low voter turnout. Uh, we're nearly at the end of our time, Mark, but I want to give you, uh, you know, an opportunity to end on a high note and talk more about the, we talked a lot about some of the challenges facing our city, but, you know, what would you see as the greatest opportunity and how would you be able to leverage that as mayor? Well, I think our, like every day I think about um, our city, I just think about our people. We have a, excellent, wonderful people in Vancouver, people that have made their home here from across the world. And if we can provide people with a, the kind of city where they can really, where they can thrive, where they can make a, make, make a, a life here, um, I, I think we, we have probably, we're probably over blessed with the kind of people that we have here. And I'm pretty excited about the future. Well, Mark, I, I wish you all the best in the uh, election. Thank you for taking time to talk to us. Well, thank you so much, Bridget, and um, we'll be seeing you soon.